the boxing fans and welcome to another episode of the Minnesota Fight Night podcast. I'm Brian Johnson, flying solo again for this episode. My co-host Sean Strauss will be back soon. Well, Ten years after his last fight, Minnesota boxer Tim Taggart Jr. stepped back into the ring October 22nd at Grand Casino Hinkley. And he returned in grand style with a second-round knockout win over his previously unbeaten opponent, James Jackson. A fan favorite in his hometown of Hinckley, Taggart improved to 6-4-2 as a pro with three knockouts. After fighting most of his career at super middleweight, Taggart returned as a heavyweight, a byproduct of his powerlifting and rigorous workout regimen. In the following interview... Taggart talks about his successful ring return, his loyal fan base in Hinkley, his work as a fitness coordinator for the Mille Lacs Band of Ojibwe, and much more. I hope you enjoy the interview. Well, I'm pleased to be joined by Tim Taggart uh, here on the Minnesota Fight Night podcast. Uh, Tim is coming off a great win at uh, Grand Casino up in Hinkley on, I believe it was the 22nd of October. Is that right? That is correct. Yep. Yeah, and it was really a, a fun card, and um, so it was. It was great to see you back in the ring again. Um, just for the fans who weren't there, uh, I believe it was a second round stoppage over a um, fighter named James Jackson, a previously unbeaten fighter, from what I understand. And um, really, really nice win. And what's even more impressive um, is that this was your first fight in more than 10 years or about 10 years. Is that right? Long time. You know what I mean? So that's a whole lifetime change of in between the fights, but you know, yeah. when I took the fight, you know, it's kind of a funny story. If you, if you don't mind me just kind of sharing. No, no, go right in. I was going to ask you. What, yeah. 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 All right. So like, so Matt Robertson, he's the commission on the, on the, for, for uh, the black band, you mm-hmm. know, and, I work, you know, pretty close to, we work in the same building. So mm-hmm. anyways, he was, you know, I've been personal training, all this stuff at the gym for, you know, two years, well, two, three years now. So, I mean, so I've been just power lifting and doing personal training sessions and stuff like that. So I've always been, you know, in shape going into mm-hmm. this. But anyways, so Matt kind of joke, half joking around, you know, and said, Hey, what do you think about jumping on this card that we're going to, you know, finally get in boxing back. We'd like a good local name and, no, I'm just joking around because I haven't even thought about, you know, I coach boxing and that's what I do now. You yeah. know, I'm not a fighter anymore, but I was like, ah, you know, good, right opponent, right money. I'll, we'll see what the opera says, you know, half jokingly. And, you know, two days later, Corey Rapiz, he reaches out to me and says, hey, I heard you're interested. And, you know, it just kind of steamrolled from there. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's awesome. And you look great. Um, and this was, I, I think this was your first fight at heavyweight too, because you had been fighting at what super middleweight. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, I did a started the career at middleweight, then super, then back to middle, then light heavy for last. I think the last fight was technically a light heavy. It was a catch weight, I believe. Mm-hmm. But you know, I would always fought around one sixty five. Is kind of where back you know ten years ago. Like I said, that's a long time, and then so that was my normal weight back then. You know, obviously mm-hmm. since then with age and everything like that, you know, and then obviously doing personal training and stuff like that, you know, I was, I was 
bulked up. You know what I mean? I just mm -hmm. added that mass. So when the fight came, I said, what do you want to fight at? I said, well, I'm, you know, right now at the time before the, when I was first offered, I was 245, you know what I mean? So I'm like, mm -hmm. losing 45 pounds is going to be quite tough. And then mm -hmm. obviously through training camp, it's a different type of lifting, different type of working out. So, you know, I shed 13 pounds, not even trying to do it because I still wanted to stay heavy, but you know, I was like, there's no way I can get done that far. <laughs> so they said, they offered it to me heavyweight. And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll try it. <laughs> yeah, that was great. And you know, most people, People might say, oh, man, the guy's been out of the ring for 10 years and now he's coming back at heavyweight. You know, Taggart's been sitting around eating Twinkies or whatever, just, you know, but man, you, you, I could tell you were in great shape. And as you said, you've been working out. So uh, how did it feel? How did it feel uh, stepping in to the ring as a heavyweight? Well, it was it's kind of almost bittersweet because uh, one, I didn't have to worry about weight, so I didn't have to do any of that weight loss or anything like that just one of the things i was struggling with was keeping on the weight you know what i mean obviously heavyweight uh, i knew it was james danceable uh, that's who the opponent was i knew he was weighing around you know from his pre previous fights 260 somewhere around that ballpark so i'm like i don't want to drop too far down you know what i mean where he has now a major advantage just for weight wise you know what i mean so mm. that was quite challenging just constantly eating constantly eating you know just to so, you know, I still had to do lifting, I had a running, you know, still had my sessions I had to do with, you know, my kids and the clients and everything like that. Right. And then boxing on top of it. So I was burning a lot of calories throughout this whole training camp. So mm -hmm. that was a difficult part. But, you know, going into it, you know, if you see my fights in the past, like I always look, you know, you know, going into weigh-ins half dead, you know what I mean? Just mm -hmm. from all that weight loss, you know, cutting mm -hmm. the last seven pounds, you know, I mean? not having to do that. I, you know. I felt the strongest I ever had for a fight. Legs were 100% there. So, I mean, I went into it, like, into the fight night. You know what I mean? Like, I'm 100% ready for this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Was it tough in the past cutting that weight? Uh, and, like, what was your normal walking around weight when you were fighting at, say, super middleweight? Yeah. Like, normally I would, you know, so nine years ago, 10 years ago, I was walking around about 185. So. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of fighters do this too. I mean, I'm not the only one to do this, but mm -hmm. back then, you know, cutting the 20 pounds in that six weeks, I mean, it's a lot of weight, but it really isn't because it's, it was almost the norm, you know what I mean? For those kind of, those weight classes, but, you know, just going into this being, you know, physically bigger. I mean, it made a huge difference for me, like going into training camp. Mm-hmm. What about the fight itself? Uh, did you go in just looking for a knockout early or did, did you just kind of see the opportunity and took advantage of it? Uh, walk, walk us through that. Yeah. Uh, so even prior to that, you know, obviously um, when I got the name, everything like that from Corey of who, who the opponent's going to be, you know, he first, he asked me if I want to do a four round, you know, uh, warm up fight, basically, you know, something like, nah, I'm, and I wanted, I want a challenge. That's who I am. That's why I always like the fights. You know what I mean? So I want this to be a good one. I want a six round fight, even though you know, I have a lot of rust, but I want a six round fight and I want a good opponent. And then he threw me that guy. He was undefeated. Watched the one tape. He thought Watson is the one I was able to see. Mm -hmm. And then, so going into training camp, you know, watching the video and everything like that. So I haven't noticed he's a boxer. You know what I mean? He's, especially against Watson and, you know, 
um, just kind of the people that have been talking about it. like he's not a heavy hitter, but he's he's smooth boxer. Mm-hmm. And then so when I fought or when I was watching a Watson fight him, he you know Watson does his typical style where he's kind of just coming after you, you know what I mean? He's just doing that walk down style. So you know, thinking in my mind, it's like I'm gonna be faster than this guy because I know how fast I am. Mm-hmm. And strength wise, I hope I'm stronger because I've been lifting so much. So you know, going into it, I was like. And I have a lot of experience against this. So game plan going into this whole thing was I'm all box this guy just because he's never fought a boxer. And if it don't work that way, then we'll change game plan and fight just because ring experience makes a big difference. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's got five fights, now, six fights now, but you know, all the way from, and I'm 33. So, you know, all these years that are filled in my head, you know, all this knowledge is in my head from previous fights and everything like that, but going into it, I was, you know, I'm going to challenge him to a, a boxing match and mm-hmm. see if he, you know, because he's never fought that way. So that was the game plan going into it. So I'm going to use my jab against you where you typically use it against someone else. You know what I mean? So that was going into it. And then as far as like the knockout itself, you know, no, I was, I was the whole plan going through training camp was six rounds. Let's make this decision. You know, obviously like when they say um, the whole, it's like, don't wait for, don't look for that knockout, let it come naturally. Like, that was just a natural punch. You know what I mean? That was just, patiently waiting and i mean uh do you want me to just keep talking Steve, yeah, or for sure yeah, okay well so, i could tell you were really excited obviously to score the knockout and um did you feel like you just had really more power you know obviously at the heavier weight um it would make sense that you you pack a little more on your punches but did you really feel like re- pretty strong in the ring yeah i felt you know like i said uh just doing my personal training sessions and, you know, working on myself too, as far as, you know, I was strictly power lifting through the last three years, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's pressed all these big weights I'm putting up and like that. So when I transitioned over to the boxing camp now, as I'm throwing, you know, basically the first punches at this heavy bag, you know, I, like that is a hard punch. So I got to, now I got to start double wrapping my hands just because it's hurting my hands too much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm like going into this fight. I'm like, Holy, I have a lot of power here. So then, then comes to my mind, I say, well, I don't know how that speed is going to be now after I'm throwing these power shots. So then mm-hmm. working mitts with uh, Ryan O'Brien and my dad, Tim Taggart Sr., you know, you know, we were seeing like this start to evolve into like, man, this is fast and strong, fast and strong. So like, there's no way this guy's going to be quicker than me. It's like all, all that's going through my head, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. and then just having that much more power, I was like, well, the old saying, I'm either going to break my hand or I'm going to break his face. One of the two going into it. So, <laughs> yeah, it was it was a very impressive win, and um, you know, it was it was exciting too to see have live boxing again at the casino. And I know you fought there in the past, and you're from the area, if I'm not mistaken, right? From from that yes, so, area. I'm and from Inglis. Yeah, and uh, just. I was impressed to see the support you had. I saw the people with the team Taggart shirts and uh, yeah, I got it. I got and... one on right here. <laughs> All right. Sweet. Sweet. No, but what was that like for you? Just uh, being back in action at uh, grand casino and, and seeing all your fans there. Yeah. I mean, so the program I work with right now, it's a uh, Anji Bilalazing. Uh, so it's working with Malax band tribal youth. So I'm like the fitness coordinator is my job, official job though. So I do, fitness activities with all the youth right Mm -hmm. so i've been doing this for a year and a half now but so they i knew i would have a support system from them because they you know obviously i 
they got tickets, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I had my, like my, my work kids that were coming with my family coming with. So, you know, obviously I didn't think that many people were going to be, you know, supporting me as, you know, when I saw their, you know, fight night, you know I mean? There's a whole bunch of team Taggart shirts everywhere. I was like, holy, this is, you know, I don't want to like bask in the moment because I got a job to do, but it, it added, a, I would say it added a lot of pressure, which, you know, I, I love pressure moments, but mm-hmm. you could, I felt like kind of a surreal moment, you know what I mean? Just kind of like, it's been 10 years. I don't remember this feel, you know I mean? I haven't heard anybody cheer for me for, you know, 10 years. So mm-hmm. then when I came out and I heard all those fans and everything like that, it was, it was cool. You know what I mean? Makes, that's why I miss boxing, you know, yeah. <laughs> part of the reason, you know, just, that support system. Well, it was fun just being there ringside and, and just soaking it all in. But um, just to step back a little bit, uh, why don't you talk a little bit about your your amateur career and how you got involved in the sport? I know you mentioned your, your dad, Tim, Tim Sr., um, you know, obviously is uh, heavily involved in the sport. Um, so why don't you walk us through that a little bit and, and just kind of how you ma- made your way up through the ranks? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so backtracking, you know, this is now 20 years ago or hard on 25 years ago now. So um, my dad was an amateur boxer. With, he was in the Army, so he was, he was on their boxing team. So when, you know, he got, uh, you know, honorable discharge out of there, he was done with the military. He started a boxing club. In, so I'm from uh, Pine Ridge, South Dakota is where I'm from originally. Mm-hmm. Little town called Wombly. So um, he started a box after the Army. He started a boxing gym there me being six at the time, five, six at the time, you know, I'm being lugged to the gym with him every day, you know, because that's, that's the club. He had 30 boxers there. So, and then it just came, you know, he just kept pushing me. He's like, well, you're here anyways. Why don't you start training? So started training at, you know, age five and like that, and you know, got a good feel of it. And I was, you know, coming pretty good at it. So, and then we do some like scrimmage, you know, sparring matches with, other clubs that would come and do like some sparring and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. me and this other kid from Rapid State would, we would fight all the time, you know, like one of the first memories I have is these gloves are like huge on a, you know, six-year-old kid mm-hmm. and I get hit in the nose and I'm crying in the middle of the corner. I say, oh, you got to go back out there and stuff like that. So, you know, that was, so it was from that point, you know, age six, you know, I was like, I don't want someone to make me cry again. So I got to <laughs> train a little bit better, train a little bit better, you know? So yeah. then we finally moved out to Hinkley when I was, nine years old, something like that, uh, Lake Lena, out in, right just east of uh, the casino. Mm-hmm. We had a boxing club out there. So mm-hmm. um, started there, you know, you know, and then Harry Davis was my coach and Wally St. John was my coach back at that time. So, right. you know, jumped in with that boxing club and then, you know, it just kind of trans- transpired from there, you know, now we're traveling everywhere and, mm-hmm. and that little big, because I always fought harder people, especially during, you know, um practice and stuff like that i'm always fighting the you know 16 year old kids at age 10 so you know obviously that's how you get better right yeah. so then going to national tournaments and stuff like that so yeah i fought amateur from ages eight it was the first one record on my book or whatever you want to call it so the first time i'm legal I actually fight mm-hmm. eight to i think i hung it up at 17 as i was focusing on football at that time but mm-hmm. you know i had about 150 amateur fights wow. so Something, something around that, 
Yeah. Or take 10 bites, you know, so. <laughs> and you had quite the decorated amateur career, 150 fights and tournaments all over. Uh, any any particular highlights you can point to from that? Uh, anything that stands out from your amateur days? Yeah, like some of the biggest ones, I guess, I could just think of that. The ones that just pop right in my head is, you know, taking second place for the first time at a, I never won silver gloves, but taking second place was still a huge feat for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, doing that for the first time, first of three times, and I was, you know, that's never climbed that hump, but still, that was pretty impressive. And then the second one, I guess, that just really sparks my mind is, uh, you know, I was tried out for the international junior Olympic team. Yeah. That was down in Brownsville, Texas at that time. So we did the tournament of junior Olympics and they, during that time, they just switched over to like the automatic scoring system. Mm. If you remember that, where the three yeah. judges had to click at the same time or within uh, a second apart. Yeah, no, that, I didn't. That's weird. <laughs> yep, it was totally not in the you know what I was used to. So yeah. during the Junior Olympic like uh, tournament itself, I got pointed out. I was like, "How was that even possible?" Yeah. They kind of explained you know what they saw and all this stuff. And say I was landing just as many punches, if not more, than this guy. But how it's programmed, it was bad system. It is what it is. But mm-hmm. you know, from there, they they some of the scouts that were there, or whatever, is like, yeah, yeah. Like, we know it was a tough one, but like with some trains, like we want you to come to this uh, international camp. So we stayed after that Brownsville camp, and it was like a, a two-week camp after that for tryouts. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was between me, it was you know, it was like a six-man tournament basically. So it was like in your weight class. So got down to me and the final guy, and then so it was one of us two was gonna make the finals, or both of us, and then we we're gonna make the international team and you know, obviously I didn't get there, but I thought I earned it, but it yeah. was a, a croc gym guy. It's hard to really kind of oh. go against that. You know? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then you turned pro. I remember one of those fights you had up there. I know you've been in the ring with some guys like, you know, Cerezo Fort and uh, Cheyenne Ziegler. I remember that was a, yep. that was a battle. <laughs> yeah. And I remember that one fight. specifically, the Cheyenne Ziegler one, because the way they announced it was, you know, I was like, Battle for a native pride or something like that, <laughs> you know, because he is from, uh, I'm Lakota, he's Nakota, so we're yeah. similar tribes and stuff like that, but, yeah. like, <laughs> but, you know, going through those old fights like that, you know, it's obviously, if you remember some of those fights, I fought 100 times different now than I did back then, you know, mm. I was the old, uh, if you remember Arturo Gotti, how he just, yeah. it's going to be, he's like, you know, I always mimic some of my style of Arturo's. Like, it's going to be a battle, no matter who it is. Yeah. Win or lose, it's going to be a fight, <laughs> you know? So that's that's kind of how I always used to fight. It's like, I'm walking you down, and I'm going to slug this out with you. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, obviously, you know, changing my style a little bit. I think that worked out a little bit better for me this time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And um, you talk about... You know, the, uh, I think there have been some great native fighters in Minnesota that have contributed a lot to the Minnesota boxing tradition. And but in the upper Midwest, too, if you want to talk about, you know, people like J.J. Corn and Virgil Hill, you know, Hall of Famer. Um, wh- what are your thoughts on that? And were there any particular uh, influences there? Um, yeah, I mean, if you're talking about like straight uh, native, obviously Virgil Hill is like probably the top dog, right? You know, I mean, that's yeah. the guy everybody wants to be making stuff like that. But uh, just, you know, other than, you know, him as, as great as he is, you know, there's obviously a lot of great native fighters. And then, but it was actually my gym that 
like that's who I looked up to. So mm. uh, one of the older guys that that I used to fight with all the time, you know, he was in the same club as Waylon Davis. I don't know if you remember that name, but mm. he's you know he was always better than me. But I always try to get to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was five years older than me or something like that. But I was always sparring against him and stuff like that. So yeah. like I always he was like I don't know how you want to call it motivation, but I wanted to be better than him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I knew he was a great fighter. So I just always wanted to be better than him. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, that's how one of my motivation was. And then obviously when you talk about some of the other ones, I mean, I give it up to, you know, Ziegler and those guys and James Jackson. I mean, he's a, he was a great fighter too. And he mm-hmm. really supported like his nation very proud. You know what I mean? He shouldn't hang his head or nothing like that. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, styles make the fights, not necessarily a fighter, you know? For sure. Yeah. And I'm old enough. I'm really dating myself here, but I remember Danny Little Red Lopez and, you know, what a legend he was. And, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, man, he was fun to watch. But um, are there any particular fighters that you uh, like to watch these days? Just, uh, you know, in in general in boxing, Uh, of course, we have the Canelo plant fight coming up this weekend. And a lot of people are are uh, looking forward to that is there is there anyone you have to feel like you have to watch or a particular fan of yeah uh, i mean this goes back years i mean uh, my stepmom she's filipino right so it's manny pacquiao so every pacquiao fight we had to get so every pay-per-view and then you know and that was part of my you know my i guess previous style 10 years ago when i used to fight like you know, I, I like to mimic his style, which was, you know, a boxer puncher, not really necessarily a knockout artist, but he was throwing punches and bunches. And same thing like Gotti, he's going to take hits, but yeah. he's going to deliver some right in the back. So I always kind of like, I liked his style, using those angles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I always enjoy watching him. I mean, granted, he's probably past his, <laughs> past his prime now, and I think he either retired now or yeah. he's contemplating it i'm not 100 sure but he did officially then, hang it up after that ugas fight so yeah, okay, that's what i thought yeah. probably a good probably a good call on his part um you don't want to hang around too long so yeah especially after you know how much like the style he fights you know i mean he's he's taking punches so yeah you, know, you always worry about the, the physical health of the whole thing too after that long of a career you know what i mean oh but another fighter you know i i I like to watch, you know, that I have, you know, obviously it's just because it's prime time. I, like, I like watching Canelo. I mean, that guy is smooth. Mm-hmm. Triple G is another one. Those fights were awesome. I love watching those fights. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those, I mean, they're just so dang smooth about it. Just everything about it. Fury is another good one to watch, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that last fight with Wilder, it's hard to top that when it comes to action and drama and back and forth. You know, geez. Yeah, I was on my seat the whole fight because I actually had Wilder going into it. I I got Wilder to win it, you know. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, after that first knockdown, then when he knocked down, then he knocked down Fury. I was like, oh, it's going to happen. But I mean, it was was pretty intense. I'm like, oh, heavyweight's back finally, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, speaking of heavyweights being back, are you uh, looking at maybe taking another fight or was this a one off deal here? Uh, well, what, it started what, off as a it started off as a one-off deal, but you yeah. know, I'm listening to offers and see what they say. And you know, obviously, I'm back to you know my normal job, normal life now, and mm-hmm. back to personal training and personal training myself. So I'm a, I'm gonna stay in shape, you know, obviously, mm-hmm. and then we'll just see what uh, either Waxman throws at me, Corey throws at me, or anybody else 
what hopper they throw at me because I mean mm-hmm. I I don't know if you were there at the fights at all, but yeah, I, mean, I was. I brought the house, right? I mean, yeah, oh, it was great. We're not TV or anything like that. I brought a good little fan base with me, so I mean, that's a good motivator for me. You know, what I mean, yeah, that was the highlight of the night for me. You know, anyway, and I mean, the the other fight that followed yours was was pretty good too. That uh, I guess you were the co-main event or whatever, and and then there is the, the the I think the one fight after, which was a really really pretty solid fight too all in all it was a good good night of boxing and uh you know it's just fun being back at the casino there too where you know just so much pageantry and you have the native music there um you know as part of the introduction before the start of the fights and you know it's just kind of kind of gets the blood pumping and <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, it's good stuff <laughs> so that was kind of like my whole entrance or whatever i mean that was so like the second I signed contract, like I wanted like my youth involved. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I wanted this to be for a cause. You know what I mean? So like I have that was another motivate. You know, obviously I did like the whole pros and cons list. Like every if if, if anybody else does that, I do a pros and cons list. Of, mm-hmm. So I told Corey, I was like, give me three days to think about it. Made my pros and cons list, and you know, some of some of the big stuff on there was you know, say I want to you know number one, I want to. I don't like how I ended my career 10 years ago. I want to, I have a lot left to prove to myself personally. So there's a lot of self-motivation, but two is like, I have a, a good pedestal right now to, you know, for a cause, you know, mm-hmm. get my children, you know, get my kids involved and stuff like that. And, you know, for, you know, MMIW, that's a huge cause for, you know, I've done plenty of stuff for them, you know, fun runs and stuff like that, but this is another pedestal to, you know, show the cause. And then when, like that whole entrance coming out and, you know, like the, my cousin's one that sang that native song and that was a, it was a warrior song, mm-hmm. you know, that was so kind of like a war song going, I'm going into war. So that got me like pumped up pretty good. And then once, mm-hmm. you know, all my, you know, all the kids I'm looking after, like when they came out with my shirts on, I mean, that was, it looked pretty cool. You know what I mean? And I was like, I'm glad they enjoyed it. They enjoyed every second of it. Yeah. And then all wearing the justice for MMIW shirts. I mean, that was just, was just a lot of good things that came out of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was a, a great night of boxing and a great performance and uh, congrats to you for that. And, and for the work you do too, with the, uh, with the youth up there and um, you know, I'm sure they appreciate it and I'm sure it must be fulfilling for you as well to uh, be sort of a, a part of their lives and and to uh be uh be a force for good up there so um. yeah so i mean like i said i was that's why we had to push this back a little bit because i i just got came back from malax and we had a a, a class that happened up in malax with with my youth up there mm-hmm. and so i was like oh, i'm hurrying trying to get back and stuff like that but i mean i wouldn't change my job for the world i mean there was previous job you know it wasn't right for me but i was always miserable so when i changed careers paths i mean my whole life kind of changed and now that you know i'm happy inside or whatever you want to call it say i'm able to you know actually do some good in my you know in other people's lives so i'm wouldn't change my job for the world you know i think my expandable jibway oglala lakota you know my my youth program gate and gaza jig you know there's a lot of people to think and my wife you know (laughs) i gotta thank her shannon taggart just for being that support system you know Absolutely. 
Well, we'll look forward to seeing you again. Maybe we'll see you back in the ring sometime and maybe, maybe we'll just see you in the crowd as a fan or, um, but uh, I'll be sure to next time I'm up there in Hinkley uh, formally introduce myself in person and um, you know, um, you know, it's, it's all good. So it's just, it's just, it was just great talking to you and uh, best wishes to you, uh, you know, in, in all of your future endeavors. Awesome. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate this opportunity to talk to you and everything like that. But yeah, next time you're up in Hinkley, I work at the center right next door. You know, we'll stop by, we'll have a cup of coffee or something and, you know, talk, you know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Sounds good. Sounds good. And normally my, uh, my buddy, Sean Strauss, normally co-hosts the podcast with me. He couldn't be with us tonight, but, uh, you know, I'm sure he, he, he'll be looking forward to uh, meeting you again too, at some point. So. Yeah, perfect. Yep. You have a, at least my Facebook and everything like that. Reach out to me anytime. I'll answer any questions, honestly, as, as honest as I can. You know what I mean? <laughs> awesome. Sounds good. All right. Have a great night, Tim. Thanks again for joining us. You awesome. Take care. Thank you very much, Brian. Thanks.